Hi, if you're keen to follow our podcasts on our website or view our webinars or learn more about our other services and products we are offering, please head off to semitonasonline.com.co for more information. Welcome to the Dr. Mario Show. I am Mario Corollas, Editorial Director and Founder of the Dr. Mario Show. This show deals with online matters about music, education, business, or just for everyday living. Kira, I continue today with a part two of my podcast series on mental health. Today, I will focus on three questions. Firstly, what is mental health? Secondly, what is well-being? And thirdly, why are teenagers feeling depressed? What is mental health? In short, mental health could be defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Let me break this up into more simpler terms. Mental health, defined by the World Health Organization, or WHO, is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. According to WHO, mental health includes subjective well-being, perceived self-efficacy, autonomy, competence, intergenerational dependence, and self-actualization of one's intellectual and emotional uh, potential. Among others, from the perspective of positive psychology or of holism, mental health may include an individual's ability to enjoy life and to create a balance between life activities and efforts to achieve psychological resilience. Cultural differences, subjective assessments, and competing professional theories all affect how one defines mental health. Okay, so let's look at the second question. What is well-being? The Oxford Dictionary defined well-being as a state of being well, feeling at your best, being healthy and contented. The new Grolier-Webster International Dictionary defined well-being as related to the noun welfare and as a condition of happiness, prosperity and good health. Both definitions imply well-being or mental health to be a mental condition or state. Synonyms for well-being are welfare, health, good health, happiness, comfort, security, safety, protection, prosperity, Profit, good, success, fortune, good fortune, advantage, interest, prosperousness, and successfulness. So, what is the opposite of well-being? You guessed it. As I have mentioned in my opening episode 11 remark, the opposite of well-being is distress. Distress happens when life's challenges outweigh your resources and skills to meet demand. The most common trigger from distress is high levels of stress and fatigue. Okay, so let's go back to the first part of the WHO definition, which claims that our mental health, and I quote, 
is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities or talent, unquote. This statement implies that our acquired skills, natural talent or gifts determines or can influence our mindset. This was especially true for Nelly Korda, Olympic gold golf winner, and when a commentator said of her overall performance, her talent is resistant to her mindset. What does that statement mean? Her talent is resistant to her mindset. Nelly Korda showed great resilience by overcoming an earlier less impressive performance in the tournament and to rise as gold Olympic golf winner for women 2020. From this example, one can deduce that our acquired skills, talents or abilities can and probably will influence our mindset and hence our well-being or mental health and the outcome. Perhaps a more poignant case in point was the life of English painter L.S. Lowry, born in 1878. He had a miserable upbringing and with very little support from his parents, especially his mother, for his artist ambitions. Despite uh, Lowry's limited art education opportunities, and which he in most cases created for himself, he still managed at the age of 52 to become a celebrated artist. Lowry had a very lonely and unpleasant childhood and life, and as he often portrays in his numerous artworks, he vented at life by using art painting to literally escape from his miserable life and conditions, thus becoming an objective onlooker of his life through artwork. So, there is a point in learning new skills or gaining knowledge or developing one's talents, which, uh, despite circumstances, uh, could lead to psychological resilience, good fortune, prosperousness, and happiness or well-being as defined earlier. Okay, let's now look at psychological resilience from a spiritual point of view, spirituality and mental health. Let's now add the Oxford uh, definition that defines well-being to be a mental condition or state to the WHO definition that defines mental health to be a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, meaning gifts and talents. Let's now contextualize these two uh, definitions in terms of our spirituality. Although the WHO definition does not directly refer to psychical or spiritual abilities as part of gifts and talents, one could assume this. I believe that all emotions are in some or another way interconnected with our spiritual well-being and our psychic abilities and nature. At a deeper level, we all know that there is a close connection between mental illness and the unknown spiritual invisible world surrounding us and as documented in numerous scientific and psychiatric uh, data of patients. The Bible warns of the spiritual forces at work around us in Ephesians 6 to 12, a verse I fondly recall from my church confirmation ceremony days at age 12 and which shaped my life's journey. Ephesians 6-12 reads, 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the world's darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This verse clearly tells us that there are good and evil forces at work around us, and which could enter us knowingly or unknowingly, and could affect our whole being, including affecting our well-being. Perhaps COVID is a grim reminder to us of forces at work around us, the so-called silent enemy. I don't know if that is entirely true, but what we all can agree on, whether spiritually inclined or not, COVID threatens our very existence as a species. And whilst all governments across the world are in a race to vaccinate as many citizens as possible against the Delta variant, let's not forget that this pathological approach has its own limits and should be anchored in its citizens foremost being spiritually interconnected and resilient. Humans are not only flesh, but also have a spirit within. If our mindset is only focused on the flesh and our human nature, we become limited in possibilities. If our mindset is on the spirit, we have courage to overcome adversities and crises and become limitless in possibilities. I believe our spiritual maturity is presently being tested. Our spiritual maturity is key for acquiring intuitive talent, knowledge and skills to help guide us independently and communally, both physically, spiritually and mentally through these and any other crisis time. Our spiritual maturity will eventually become the bridge and shining light, assisting with making a difference in the lives of others around us or in this broken world, and which is often referred to as acquiring the magical mindset opposed to the lesser mundane mindset. Right, so to question three, why are teenagers depressed? Well, most governments across the world are in a race to get as many people vaccinated against Delta variant of COVID-19. The mental health ramifications of COVID seems to be on the back burner. For teens in America, COVID ramifications brought lots of uncertainty marked by social upheaval, rampant unemployment, extreme isolation, according to a recent Teen Vogue article. The Teen Vogue article, published 26 August 2021, was titled Students Face Worsening Mental Health, But How Will Schools Handle It? The writer, Fortisa Latifi, made some startling discoveries about teenagers' in present-day America. The writer claims that as American students return to school amid uh, an ongoing pandemic, schools should be looking out for both their physical and mental health. One poll found that nearly half of parents that were surveyed reported their children's mental health worsened uh, during the pandemic. 
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found that emergency rooms visits in February and March of this year for suspected suicide attempts among girls aged 12 to 17 rose 50% more at the same period in 2019. That's 50% from the same period in 2019. As the Delta variant spreads and as the vaccination rollout seems still to be insufficient, the question of what safety precautions students in schools will have to take looms large. Schools across the world will be grappling with similar questions of how to handle both the physical threats uh, the pandemic brings as well as the increasing mental health crisis among young people. A concerning issue is that many students will return to school with unclear guidance on mask wearing and in-person learning. I was pondering on the school models of the future and within the context and notion that we all eventually will have to live alongside COVID. Here are some school models of movement I propose. A. The hybrid school model. The hybrid school model is a combination of in-person and online learning being presently uh, trialed in America. This type of school gives students the option uh, to interact via Google Meet or Zoom meetings and to reduce physical contact and to reduce uh, talking to anyone in corridors and in an effort to reduce transmission of COVID. However, studies have found that the lack of interpersonal uh, communication within hybrid school models uh, could exacerbate mental health issues and could lead to depression, especially amongst girls. Let's look at the second uh, model, the gated or bubble school model. This is my own uh, school version based on the New Zealand government's bubble or boundary approach in managing COVID pandemic outbreaks, outbreaks and an uh, initiative which uh, some uh, regional communities in New Zealand uh, choose to live in an effort to combat the recent spike of Delta variant within the country. The gated or bubble school model differs from the present zone school model in that zone schools be further uh, reduced to smaller area schools within a zone. The gated or bubble school model will advantage interpersonal communication, in-person teaching, as well as online teaching within the bubble. The disadvantage of this model, and depending on the area and bubble management structure, could lead to social, cultural, and economic exclusivity. However, in the present COVID pandemic context, bubble schools would be a viable option in New Zealand. Right, next I would like to uh, look at the webcam virtual movement model. I want to make a distinction between online and webcam teaching and learning. Online learning and teaching often involves tasks and teaching set beforehand and then distributed to complete and then to be submitted for assessment by a certain predetermined date. This type of teaching and learning is also called asynchronous learning. The advantage of asynchronous learning is that students could learn at their own pace and at a time that suits them. 
the disadvantage of asynchronous learning models that students could easily become off task even under supervision of a teacher, parent or caregiver. The synchronous webcam virtual school model could potentially replace distant learning schools and has become the preferred zero physical contact option across the world during the COVID pandemic since 2020. The webcam learning model focuses on real-time teaching and learning in instant feedback with smart goals set for each session managed by highly skilled tutors or facilitators. The rapid Technological advancement of AI, artificial intelligence, and surgency of apps during the COVID pandemic is absolutely astronomical and astounding developments and which is being exploited for webcam teaching and synchronous learning purposes presently. The webcam virtual school runs at lower cost than most brick and mortar schools is highly interactive, potentially uh, democratizing education and making quality learning and teaching accessible to all despite social or economic boundaries and status. Further, uh, the inquiry a learning model of learning is uh, compatible and perhaps a condition for the school model. Learning and teaching in the safety and the comfort of a supportive family home environment or bubble is good for the well-being of students and are some of the many advantages of this model. Socializing opportunities and with real in-person interaction could be created within this model, alternating between webcam, in-house or in-person and student deliveries uh, and making this model highly effective and a flexible option. If done properly, uh, the breakout rooms offered by Zoom could allow for problem-solving activities in small groups. Both synchronous and asynchronous learning is possible in this model, and if done well. The fourth uh, movement is called uh, the transformational school movement, which I'm proposing. Transformational movement model is based on the Alexander technique started by Barbara Conable and further developed by Dr. Leah Pearson. Dr. Leah Pearson, you will remember, I had the honor and privilege uh, to interview during my episode 10 podcast. I also recently uh, have been invited by Dr. Leah Pearson to attend her five-day mini music course called the Transformational Teacher Live Workshop uh, and held 23rd to 27th August 2021. The focus of the Transformational School Movement is on reducing pain and anxiety during instrument learning as well as music performance. Addressing the well-being of learners is key for transformational schools and this movement is highly critical of the present way of teaching which often makes students feel anxious and pain and which they call pain-xiety. Transformational schools believe that if students feel unsafe, they cannot learn, hence the need for collaborative teachers being student-centered, inclusive awareness, to name but a few aspects of this movement. Also, Although still in its infancy stage, transformational schools place strong emphasis on embodiment teaching practices and within the context of inquiry learning and teaching. Transformational schools prefer in-person teaching and learning environments 
which is compatible with effective webcam or online studio teaching deliveries. And if you have any comments or suggestions for this program, please contact us at podcast at the Dr. Show.com. Until the next time, kia kite, a wiki.